right now the growing concern of these domestic terror groups in the United States. And if you thought it wasn't in Ohio, boy, were you rudely awoken on Saturday afternoon in Medina County in Wadsworth when a group of the Proud Boys made their way into Wadsworth and certainly announced in loud fashion that they were there. Carl, you've been on this show saying that they are gaining in strength and in numbers when we talk about these domestic terror groups. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true, Ray. Uh, We've seen a big uptick uh, really since the election of President Obama back in 2008. There was a significant growth in the number of these groups and the people who were uh, adhering to the ideology. So one of the things that's really important to point out is you know, membership doesn't tell you very much with these groups because some of them don't have really, you know, good good records or or even even have quote unquote traditional membership, but they have a lot of people that follow the ideology that will show up when somebody posts a, a message on on the internet or social media and say, hey, let's meet at this particular time. So it's really the people that follow the ideology that's grown. Uh, and it's and it's really a mix of ideologies too. Not to make this too complicated, but um, a lot of these groups they have some overlap, but then they have some important differences. But the general landscape of this uh, hate, uh, if you want to call it, portion of um, right wing groups now has grown very substantially. Carl, when we see some of these groups like we saw in Wadsworth, Ohio, on Saturday. Are these groups traveling to areas where they see an opportunity? I imagine that's part of it. Are they also popping up in areas where they have members? I imagine that's part of it. Talk about how they're scanning the country and looking for opportunities to make their message and get their message out. Well, you're right, Ray. Both of the things you just said are are 100% correct. Uh, You know, they have local membership. I think I may have told you before on your show that, you know, unfortunately, Ohio uh, is is one of the epicenters in the country for these groups. So it doesn't surprise me when they show up. Probably a lot of those folks are, are local. Some of them probably are traveling. You know, they're, they're going to go where they get publicity, too, because they want to attract new members. They want to attract money. So if if they see something that they know is kind of a lightning rod, they'll show up there in order to make their mark and, and, you know, try to try to profit off of it. And I'm sure that's part of what happened here. With us is Dr. Carl Kaufman-Thaler from the University of Akron, again, professor of political science and director of the Center for Intelligence and Security Studies. So, Carl, as we look at these groups and you have studied these groups, you made presentations on these groups, do they have a particular end game? It's easy to say they want to take over. But I don't know if that's it or not. But what is the end game for these type of groups? Well, see, this is where their differences plays a big role because they they don't all have the same end game. They don't want the same things. So they're united in some of the things that they oppose. Like, you know, clearly a drag queen um, presenting in a, in a library is something they know is a very divisive issue. Um, they know a lot of people show up to that uh, to protest, and so they, they make that a big deal. Uh, so they can agree on that. 
but you would you would see that even among those guys who were at the protest that you know some of them were were clear neo nazis and the proud boys don't fall into that category the proud boys are very right wing they call themselves western chauvinists which means they think the west is better than the rest of the world but they're not neo nazis they're not they're not into white supremacy nearly as much as um some of those other groups that show up, which are clearly Nazi, neo-Nazi groups. So the, the neo-Nazis would like to kind of recreate Nazi Germany. That would be their goal uh, with all the horrors that come with that, potentially. Uh, a group like a Pro- Proud Boys group um, would be much less drastic in what they would want. But, but the Proud Boys don't even have a very clear ideology of, of what they would want if they they took over. But yeah, I, I would think that there'd be infighting among these groups if there ever was a chance for them to come to power. Carl, when you talk about the state of Ohio, and like we said, we, we saw that unfortunately in Medina County last week, I thought maybe you can make the presentation again and educate us that unfortunately, right here in Ohio, we are seeing a lot of these groups and a lot of these members. Yeah, Ohio, Ohio, like I said, really is a, a place that has been an epicenter um, of, of a variety of these extremist groups. Uh, we've had um, neo-Nazi leadership just down the road in Parma. We've had um, militias in various parts of the state. And, and some of those are, are militias that really get the attention of, of federal law enforcement because um, they have links to, say, the Michigan militias and, and other groups like that. So they're, they're considered pretty worrying. Um, and, then, and then, you know, we have the other groups, the Proud Boys, Three Percenters, um, the, the uh, other groups that have sprung up more recently. The neo-Nazis have been with us for quite a while. Although they tend to split and form new groups, they, they fight with each other all the time. But, yeah, the, the landscape of all these groups that we see nationally is very well represented in Ohio. So, so Carl, the next phase is what is the federal government doing to offset this? What have you learned about the concern level, and how are they, quote, use this word, fighting these domestic terror groups? Well, these groups have to commit a crime before the federal government can... Um, you know, arrest them. You can't arrest someone for exercising their First Amendment free speech rights. And so I know I talk to the FBI frequently about these issues, that they're, they're not at all trying to keep these groups from saying what is protected speech. Uh, and they're very clear about that because they don't want to get the, give people the impression that, well, we're, we're thought police or we're speech police. That's not it. But if these groups look like they're either harassing people or they are um, engaged in illegal arms deals, so that's that's one of the things that these groups will frequently get in trouble for is they'll buy weapons illegally or hand the weapons around um, illegally. Um, so weapons charges are a frequent thing. Um, some of these groups engage in violence. Uh, you know, in the past we've had cases that clearly. So what the FBI tries to do is get to know as much as they can about the group. If it looks like a group or individuals that adhere to the ideology 
are plotting something, the FBI will then try to find out as much about that uh, and then arrest the folks before uh, they actually commit the crime. And the way they, they typically do this is they'll have a informant or, or um, an undercover agent that will uh, potentially give them a weapon that, that, that the people think is, is actually going to explode, say, you know, an IED type thing or some uh, weapon that's illegal, and then they can arrest the person who receives that and get them off the street. So the whole point is when a person looks like they're going to be dangerous, the FBI wants that person off the street. Carl, what's your concern level with these guys? I should say these groups. My concern level is high. Um, it's, it, it's, it's partially about the groups because the groups spread the ideology. It's not so much about the groups typically undertaking violence together. And so I say typically. Uh, I think January 6th is an example where there was some group uh, coordination and activity to attack the Capitol. Um, but typically when we talk about the violent extremists who go and attack you know, a, a synagogue or they'll go into uh, some other facility to shoot folks or, or plant a bomb or something like that, nowadays that's, that's very rarely group activity. That's almost always what we call lone wolves. These are people who are inspired by the ideology and they do this kind of stuff themselves. Um, so I am concerned about those people because, one, we know that there's a lot of people out there that have the motivation to do that. Two, it's not that difficult to do, unfortunately. And three, when these people do it, they inspire others. This is the big thing. It becomes contagious. Uh, and so that's why uh, we're, we're seeing efforts by the media to not really name these folks who commit these crimes because they know when you give them publicity, you just inspire others. So. I am concerned about it. I know that there's a lot of these kind of folks out there um, because I'm hearing from FBI that they have a lot of cases going with people who are plotting um, or have, have already um, tried something and, and are being chased down. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a worrying landscape out there for, for anybody who's following it that these, these kinds of people are out there, and, and most worrying is they want to engage in violence frequently. 